Hi, my name is Adedeji Adeomi. If today is your first time of joining us on Godly Council, Godly Council is a place where we bridge the relationship gap between God and human by the help of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we teach your undiluted word of God. Teach, preach, admonish, counsel the undiluted word of God. If today is your first time, thank you for joining us. You can actually click the link on the podcast and then you'll be able to reach out to us. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. So today we're going to be talking about the enemy unseen, the unseen enemy, the unseen enemy. It's going to be um, about three-part series. I will try my possible best to be a three-part series on this podcast. So today we're starting with the part one, which is the enemy unseen. So before we go ahead into the word of God, can we say a short prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the opportunity you have for us today. We thank you for teaching your word and we thank you for the teacher and the hearer. Lord, let the hearer not hear and the teacher don't miss word, but let them hear your word and let the teacher be able to teach by the help of the Holy Ghost. The teacher is a sinner, Lord, have mercy. The hearer is a sinner, Lord, have mercy. Let your mercy help us and grace help us in time of need. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. So our scripture today um, is taken from Matthew 13, verse 25. Matthew 13, 13, verse 25, from the New Living Translation. But the night as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted wheat among the wheat, then slipped away. As night the workers slept, the enemy, his enemy came and planted wheat among the wheat. Then they slipped away. So, one of the things you need to understand about the enemy, and I want to say this and I want to say it once and for all. I know it's going to sound mundane. One, I've been battling within myself for some time now, trying to understand why people label the human being around them as the greatest enemy. There have been series of um, church activities, there are series of um, programs that have been talking about killing your enemy. Let your enemy die. Some people go ahead to celebrate the uncle that, that has been against them, not allowing them to progress, to be, to die and then leave the hurt. And this is the reason why I decided to do this, so that I can take people through the journey of understanding what the enemy is and what part the enemy is taking. If you go into the current, if you go into the Old Testament, from Genesis to be precise, before the Israelites started fighting the war, the greatest enemy to the Israelites at that time is the people that doesn't believe in God and they enslave them. The enslaving of these people, of the Israelites by these people, make them to see the Egyptians as their enemy. So when they started trying to get liberation, they wanted to get liberation from Egypt to live their own life. Of course, they put it on God that God should help them to get the liberation so that they can actually live their life and be free um, 
it came into Exodus, um, where the whole process started. The Pharaoh began to maltreat, manhandle them. But if we go back to Genesis, today I'm going to be doing a lot of Bible stories, which is going to be the first part. I want to first of all unveil how I come to let you know the true enemy that all of us should fight against. How I, be, I came into that position to be able to give you this. I didn't just bring up this because I wanted to teach a message. I realized what is happening around us, how people are beginning to see the fellow human beings that sit close to them as the greatest enemy. And of course, I understand that human being is the hardest job in, in the world, as in keeping up with human beings is the hardest job on earth. Being a leader, being in management, being in the resources, being the holiness, being in morality, it is the hardest. And I'm gonna be giving you this picture, but I just wanted to go with me it is, if, I, if you like, I'm bringing your coffee, bringing your tea, bringing the, your water, sit down, maybe you want to have some snacks with you. Because it's a story time to actually help you to take out something. I understand you might like, oh, DJ, I wanted to hear the message about the blessing of God, about mercy, about grace. I want, oh, yes, this is, you cannot enjoy the God's blessing if you don't unravel this. You can't. You can't. So, fast forward, Israelites going into Egypt was a blessing to Joseph, was a blessing to the people of God that is around at that time. All they see is a blessing. Joseph being in Israel, Jacob sending down the many children to Israel, to Egypt, to go get food. And then Joseph saying that God had planned him, sorry, God had planned him, yes, in Egypt before time so that he can be able to help them through the crisis of hunger because he has foreseen it. It was a blessing. And they were there and they brought everybody in there. But some years after, it become a curse. The same people become enemy to the Israelites. And then their liberation from this wasn't a war. Their liberation from this was God. Their liberation wasn't a war. It was God. God trying. God penetrating. God revealing himself. Even allowed things to happen. He stretched it to prove himself that is God over everything to the children of Israel. And at the end of the day, he liberated them from the enemy the Israelites knew at that time. And when they left the place, liberated it, some, the soldiers of the Egyptians, they died in the Red Sea, and they moved into the wilderness. God had issues with them. 
God had issues with Israelites in the wilderness that 40 days journey became 40 years. That Moses, that was the liberator, the hero at that time to part the Red Sea, did a lot of miracle. Good man at heart could not see the promised land. Where it was Caleb and Joshua that come into the agreement that this land we want to possess, God has given us, where the ones and the generation that were able to see the promised land. So what happened? Even in the promised land, taking over Jericho, it was not the function of Jericho becoming their enemy. Jericho, the fight and the winning of the battle to take over, it is because God has given them a place, they needed to take out some people out of them, which they did. Got into the promised land, God raised people to fight them. If you read from Exodus to, the, to Numbers, to Leviticus, to Joshua, then to Judges, you will see all the stories that God himself raised enemy to fight the children of Israelites, raised enemy to conquer them, raised enemy to conquer them. So he brings them into the place of humility and they run to God and they say, God, have mercy on us, fight for us. And God will wait in and then change the course and give them liberation and they become normal. They become okay. All until sin sets in. Sin is not the enemy, if that is what you are thinking. Sin is not the enemy. Sin is not our greatest enemy. Sin is not the unseen enemy. Then he moved from there, of the liberation. He did all he could, down to David, down to Solomon, down to um, Daniel, down to um, uh, uh, um, 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 lamentation, yes, uh, Daniel, da down to uh, the prophet Ezekiel, uh, prophet Isaiah, prophet uh, Amos, prophet Ma till they get to Zechariah, till they get to uh, uh, Malachi. And God could do nothing again. Then he decided to send Jesus. When Jesus came, he did not lift one sword, he did not butcher one human, he did not kill any man. Or woman, he did not fight anybody, he did not carry gun to shoot, he didn't drown anybody. And Jesus never stood and said, This man, this woman is my greatest enemy. God take them out of the earth. And Jesus said, Likewise, what I did, you shall do. And after that, the apostles begin to show us the major thing. The apostles were beaten. They were maltreated, they were mahandled, and they didn't see the people that mandled them as enemy. The Bible said they counted all joys because all joy because they were doing this to honor God and to, to what? To serve Jesus Christ, to serve the purpose of Jesus Christ. They live rejoicing. That's another, uh, 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 another translation. They left rejoicing because they have fulfilled the purpose. They didn't fight back. So when I see horse, in the time that we had, that we see the people, the brother, the auntie, the cousin, the nephew, the boss, the employee, 
the roadside people to become our enemy including the babalawo the yalawa and all that hey, to become our greatest enemy i'm asking a question where are they in this face i just summarized the pro the enemies in the bible in about 10 minutes just in, to summarize it for you to get it why will god raise enemy to fight against israel why will god raise another tribe to fight this i think you, should, you need to read a story you need to read Isaiah, king agrippa please i beg you read that story or i think that might not still go go and read the the the, the story of um, uh, uh, um, Babylon, how they invaded Israel, took over it, start from Isaiah, read down to Jeremiah, you will see what happened and how God came in and God said he's going to fight against the people. God used this people to invade Israel and he still come and said he's going to fight for Israel to be liberated from this people. How why did he give Israel to them in the first place? And why is he now coming to fight for them? Those are the things that we need to take our time to really, really, really understand. To really, really touch, to know in depth. Before we conclude that our neighbor that's standing close to you is your enemy. Do we have human beings with a bad attitude? Yes. Do you have people that wish you dead? Yes. Do you have people that want to conquer you? Yes. Do you have people that want to take your position? Yes. That's why in this series, I'm going to be even take you down to your position in life, take you down to the things that you want to achieve in life and how you form enemy around it. I will take you down all that, but I want to trust for help you that the enemy is not the ones you can see. Even the Bible says the things we can see well, are temporary. They change with time. The ones you cannot see are eternal. They are the ones that you, they are eternal. Eternal. Do you know when God talked about eternity, Jesus talked about eternity is forever. Temporary is subject to change. Forever is there. I, well, I found myself in a fellowship. Uh, it's possible you've heard me give that story before. I found myself in a fellowship. Uh, I were there and then um, somebody gave, came to, one guy came, gave um, a testimony about how he got saved and the things he was doing and how God has changed his life. I think that day I gave a testimony about how I backslid and came back to Christ. There was applaud there and there. Then a lady came up and talked about the evil uncle that she has just died. That after she spent, I think, three days fasting and prayer, I can't remember, and then the um, what's it called the 
she got a call from the village that the man died. The fellowship turned into celebration. And I sat down that night. I might not be the best of morality and the holiness and righteousness, but I know the Bible to a level. This isn't the celebration. Because we're celebrating a death of a wicked uncle. What about you, your life on earth? Does it glorify God? The things you do, does it bring glory to God? And it dawned on me at that moment that many people want to spend and build they are riches here on earth rather than building it in heaven you know Jesus said it that we need to build our treasure we need to keep our treasure in heaven where mortal rats will steal it but yet many of us want to build it here on earth you fight and struggle and hustle every day to ensure that you have it here on earth I don't have issues with that but I have a question the wicked uncle that died now and you it's just a matter of time death is knocking death is knocking when I say time I don't mean one year two years you can live in your 90 in your 100 you will still die. I understand that you might like DJ. I, I don't understand what you're saying. Yes, you don't need to understand, especially if you're from the same continent that I'm from. I'm from Africa, in case you don't know. Death will happen to all men, be it big, small, wicked righteous, holy. Did you hear of recent about the men of God that lost their lives? Is it, does it mean they don't serve God in truth and in spirit? No. He said, there's an appointed time for every man to die. And once you die, it's judgment. It's written in your scripture. And then send Bible. You cannot become who God wants you to be if you live your life to suspect every human being as the enemy that comes around you. And today I'm going to be doing a lot of um, introduction so that you can actually get to know one or two things and be able to digest many things. You cannot become who God wants you to become by living in the fear of the enemy because the enemy will always bring fear. It's unseen. You're talking about the spirits, right? The scripture we read today, Matthew 13, 25 said, But that night, 
as workers slept. There's a particular night. <laughs> There's a particular night. And the question I want to be even to be asking that did you have to come to that night? You need to see verse 24 to understand that night. That is where you will know your greatest enemy. And not the people around you. They are tools in the hands of the real enemy. They are tools in the hands and they are, they've committed into the foolishness of this world to become a tool. When the tool, when you lose a tool, you can get another tool. Matthew 20, 24 said, The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. Your greatest enemy are the one that's after the good seed. And the Matthew 13 is saying that here is another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven. The very moment you started keeping the kingdom of heaven close to your heart, you are inviting the enemies to come. You are calling him, her. And I will tell you the reason why I use the word him, her, because it's a spirit that works in different bodies. Come, I'm here, I'm planting seed in different forms, in different offers. Anything that will take you away from the presence of God is your greatest enemy. That will take you out of the kingdom of God is your greatest enemy. Anything that will come, anybody, any fracture, any sign, that is going to stop you from being part of God's kingdom is your greatest enemy. It is sad to see a lot of people saying that this person is the enemy because he's jealous of me. Yes, he is or she is jealous of you. Yes, that's the truth. The tool is to be jealous of your progress. And the distraction is for you to focus on that. I will repeat what I, what I said. Of course, you're going to hear the details. The tool in the hand of the enemy is to make somebody to be jealous of you. The distraction is to shift your focus from the kingdom and focus on the person. That is jealous of you. <laughs> that is it. The two is the one that is jealous of you. And the distraction is you shifting your focus from God's kingdom to the one that is jealous of you. The enemy, which is the principal enemy, which is the devil, is going to use everything every agent at his disposal, the demons, to ensure it distracts the church, the people of God, to focus on the wrong things.
The best example to this is Peter. Jesus said he's going to die. And Peter got pissed. And Peter said, oh, no, 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 don't say that. You're not going to die. Why are you going to die? Die for what? No, 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 don't say that. And Jesus said, get deep behind me, Satan. Not Peter. He said, because you are not moved, filled, walked in the things of God, but of the flesh. Have you forgotten that it's the same Peter that Jesus sat with and said, Peter, you are the rock. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, except my Father in heaven. You are the rock. That same Peter became the rebuke of Jesus. One minute and the other said, I'm going to open your eyes to things that they see. We need to ravel into this because the enemy is so hungry right now that I'm doing this, but I, I must do it. So you need to know that if Jesus wasn't the man of the spirit and he says he doesn't want to die because you dying at a certain age in the world means that you didn't live a fulfilled life. That you didn't walk in the true purpose God wants you to walk in. Right? But the truth of this is not about you not living a fulfilled life or walking the purpose God wants you to walk in. It's about the numbers of days on earth doesn't make him part for the kingdom because Jesus lived 33 years. Jesus actually lived three years because 30 years of his life wasn't known. It wasn't no labor. It was building into the kingdom and it lived three years. He wrote that the, the Bible even said that if they should have recorded everything Jesus wanted to what did during his time, no books on this head, no books. It will contain many books because I don't want to exaggerate, not all, no books on this head. Yes, I'm trying to give the paraphrase for your understanding that many books, it will contain a lot of books for three years. And yet, we have people who live for 90 years. The kingdom, the health, is not feeling the impact of Jesus. It's not feel, Jesus came to show us who God is and gave it to us to go ahead with it. He said, if you sin me, you've sinned the Father. He said, I will not do anything the Father has not done. I only do what I see the Father do. Those are the words of Jesus. And he showed us and we live in it. Like I promised today is going to be introduction. But I want you to walk in this thought. I want this to be in your mind. So ask questions. Let it open something within you. And I say, oh, I think there are enemies. I think I'm losing my focus. 
and for someone that is saying, yeah, I did you've been talking about Jesus, but I, I, I'm, I don't know the Jesus you're talking about. Yes, I, I, I will, I will introduce you to the Jesus I'm talking about. But just a simple prayer. We're just acknowledging that you are a sinner, and you want to submit to Jesus. You want Him to be the owner of your life. Very simple. Salvation is made on confession. Confess to him and confess him into your life and it will change you. Can you say a prayer with me? You that you are giving your life to Jesus for the first time or you are dedicating your life to Jesus. Can you say a word of prayer with me? Jesus Christ, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are my savior and king. Come into my life today. Be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you pray this prayer right now, I pray the hold of sin is broken over your life. I pray that you receive the power of Christ, the power to live right in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you very much for reaching out. And for you that just said a prayer, click on the link in the podcast. It's going to take you to where you fill a form. Let us get your details and we'll reach out to you so that we can help you to journey in the salvation of your life. The salvation is a process. We have the foundation where it's a growth stage. And one day I'm going to do a series on this to help you to understand how you can walk in salvation and become better and better every day. I'm still on the road of salvation. <laughs> you can't arrive. You cannot arrive. I'm still on the road. And I pray God will help you. Thank you so much. And I pray for those who listen today that God will bless you. Every enemy of destruction in your life is being blotted out in Jesus' name. And I pray the Heavenly Father will continue to enlarge your coast and build you up in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. And in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you. So we'll come your way next time. Bye.